You are listening to the Wellness and Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Sonal Ubroy. Episode 5, The 5 Ways You Could Do Wellness in Your Hotel. Welcome to the Wellness and Hospitality Podcast, where it's all about genuine wellness, true hospitality, and real people. I'm your host, global wellness expert, life coach, and author, Sonal Ubaroy. Hello and welcome to today's episode. Have you ever asked yourself the question, how can I do wellness profitably in this particular hotel? I know it is a question I used to ask myself extensively until the penny dropped one day when I realized there are a certain number of ways of doing wellness in a hotel. And the best one for a particular property depended on the overall business strategy the general manager or owners opted to take. In today's episode, I will talk about the five ways you could do wellness in your hotel, the pros and cons of each way of doing wellness, and which is the most profitable way of doing wellness in your particular property. The first way you could do wellness is to treat it as an amenity. For most hoteliers, your core business is rooms and food and beverage. That is where the bulk of your revenue comes from, while only a tiny percentage comes from the wellness-related departments, such as spa. And to classify your wellness facilities as a minor operating department or amenity, and your business strategy is to use these amenity departments to support your core business and to sell more room nights and food and beverages and conference spaces. Which kind of makes sense as that is what hospitality traditionally is about. I too have done it like this when I was working for one of the biggest hotel chains in the world. However, the problem with this way of doing wellness is that you rarely will have a wellness offering that stands out from competitors. Additionally, your guests receive the same cookie cutter hospitality experience in every hotel of the same category. You're all employing the same tactics to lure the same target audience, which makes price the ultimate determinant for choosing your hotel over the one next door. If you treat wellness as an amenity, it will always be an amenity and it will always perform as an amenity. The second way you could do wellness is to use it as a compensation tool to ramp up ratings on customer review sites and avoiding negative reviews at any cost. So every time you have an angry guest because the shower broke down, you sent the luggage to the wrong room or a noisy room due to construction works, you can give them a free treatment as that will solve the problem. I truly believe that hoteliers who use their wellness offering as a compensation tool to ramp up ratings on review sites is one of the main reasons they never have success with wellness. It simply doesn't make business sense to invest money in building expensive facilities and an offering to then give it for free to compensate for a service blunder in another part of the hotel. Guests will never value paying a full price for the wellness experience. And also, you don't solve the core problem in the first place. The third way of doing wellness is to do it yourself. This could be because of budgetary problems or because you believe you already have sufficient knowledge about the business. When budgets are tight, it's only normal we try to save money by trying to do as much as we can ourselves and leveraging our in-house talent. 
And when we have an experienced spa or wellness director, it is only normal we rely on their expertise to drive the wellness business forward. I can understand that approach. And when I was young, very keen, newly appointed spa director, it was the approach I followed. What possibly could a consultant show me that I couldn't figure out for myself? I convinced my hotel GM that we were good enough to do it ourselves. You know, I didn't know what I didn't know, right? So this is me thinking I had all the answers and reached out to the best brands, also convinced them to come to this new market and pulled together an amazing treatment menu and organized world-class training for my team. And I also got a translator to help translate doing the training. When it came to creating the concept, as I didn't know what a concept was back then, let alone how to create one, I borrowed the concept from that of the different prestigious international brands I was working with, copying and pasting bits I found to be unique and innovative. So this was me thinking I had created this cool concept, the best and trendiest concept in town. When the launch day of the new spa finally arrived, I was gobsmacked. To my sheer and utter surprise, despite the huge investment in getting these great products to the spa and having awesome treatments, we didn't have guests lining up to try the treatments. On the contrary, on the contrary, on the one hand, as the local guests didn't recognize the brand, they were reluctant to buy the products or to try the treatments. And on the other hand, I found the therapists weren't confident in recommending products despite all the training they received. And the reason they couldn't was actually quite simple. They couldn't pronounce the product names. Now, I'm a strong-willed person, so I made sure that that spa didn't run at a loss. However, the spa at its best only did okay. It never really performed above the 1% of total hotel revenue. Now, when I look back at that project with the knowledge and experience I have today, there are many things I'd do differently. No leader can or should be expected to know everything. There will always be something you don't know and you could do better if you get the right external input. You can try to leverage your spine wellness director's talent or think you know wellness because you or your executive team practices it. But are you really creating a wellness concept that is truly unique, profitable and sustainable? Will the next team be able to take your concept and make it theirs? Or will they have to reinvent the wheel just like you did with a new team? The problem of doing it entirely yourselves is that you end up creating a concept that is based on the preferences of the then general manager, hotel manager, or wellness director. You never really manage to do wellness in a special way that gives you sustainable long-term results. The fourth way to do wellness is to subcontract parts of your wellness offering to a third-party operator. Now, I understand this perspective and strongly advocated for it when I worked for what for me was the best spa and wellness operator out there. Spa and wellness is a specialist field and it makes sense in theory to get professionals in that field to manage this complex business. Hoteliers know hospitality and wellness operators know wellness. On the surface, it seems a successful strategy. However, over time, I have found out that it isn't always the way. The problem of this way of doing wellness is twofold. 
First, lack of synergy in brand values. It is difficult to find a brand that shares the same brand standards as your hotel and that will give the quality of service you want to give your guests. And it's even more rare to find brands that will grow together and aligned in the vision, mission, and business strategy. Second, lack of control. You don't have control over the entirety of your wellness offering as parts of it, for example, the spa, are subcontracted to a third-party operator. So although you temporarily remove the headache of managing a spa wellness-related facility, you end up delivering your guests fragmented experiences. These are the four ways that wellness has traditionally been done in hotels. There is nothing wrong with these ways, and we have all opted for one of these ways in the past as we've tried to figure out how to consistently and sustainably make money in wellness. However, all these ways essentially, intentionally or not, treat wellness as separate from the main or core business of a hotel and not an integral part of it. With this mindset, it is no wonder most hoteliers report a meagre 1-3% to of total hotel revenue from their wellness offering. A little like in the case of Hotel Traditionist. Now, Hotel Traditionist was a boutique hotel with 40 keys, and when they reached out to me, they had an expansion plan of six new keys. The challenge was to develop a pioneering sustainable wellness concept that appealed to both the early adopters and slow converters of the environmentally conscious way of living. The approach, consumers of alternative therapies, the owners decided to design the wellness concept based on their well-being goals. They strongly believed in their well-being journey and they were adamant that other people would want to go through their same well-being journey. They hired this star personal therapist, an amazing lady who worked wonders in helping people heal themselves as their spa director. They also hired other expensive and great therapists to work their magic. But what they didn't do was show their star personal therapist how to do things, and nor did they give her the tools to successfully transition from the role of freelance therapist with her own private practice at home, who uses her superpowers to heal people, to that of a spa director of a much bigger operation inside a hotel that was open seven days a week, 365 days a year. She was therefore unable to show the amazing professionals she had handpicked how to do wellness in this particular property. As a result, each professional did wellness in a different way that they thought right. This led to inconsistency in service and unhappy guests. And to add to the confusion, the owners kept getting sidetracked by trending therapies, new brands, and implementing them without asking their wellness team what they thought, nor checking in with their ideal guests. They were so determined to find that one treatment, product, or brand that would solve the problem of low sales. The outcome, they set themselves up for failure from the outset. They went through several phases of trial and error, some incredibly costly, but none of them successful. They continue to be frustrated with their wellness offering as they can never quite get to grips with operations. And as soon as they have a steady team and things seem to be going well, the new star therapist leaves 
And so does the new concept with that star therapist. Their wellness operation today continues to be a heavily subsidized amenity. This is a real life example of how, despite the best of intentions, hoteliers can get wellness so terribly wrong if they opt to do wellness in one or more of the above mentioned ways of doing wellness. Now, you can do wellness successfully and profitably. And how do you do that? Through the last way of doing wellness. The last way of doing wellness is to make it part of your asset ecosystem. That is the main way I do and teach wellness and hospitality through making wellness part of your asset ecosystem, shifting your mindset from profit and loss thinking to balance sheet thinking. It is a simple and sensible approach, but it amazes me how many hoteliers don't follow this approach with their teams. I spent over a decade of my spine wellness career thinking about the profit and loss until one day I was in London visiting my family during Christmas whilst I was still rattling my brains over a spa's budget I had to prepare for the next year. I was desperately trying to get the 50% GOP that my GM wanted to see when my brother and I, he's a chief financial officer for a sugar trading company, asked me about the spa's balance sheet. What? balance sheet, I asked. I had never seen a spa's balance sheet. We only worked on profit and losses. It was then when my brother pointed out the number one mistake many top executives make. They focus only on the profit and loss while they neglect to look at their balance sheet, their assets, tangible and intangible, and liabilities. You could have a fantastic profit and loss one year, but a terrible balance sheet and vice versa. You could have an okay profit and loss one year, but a healthy balance sheet, which is ultimately a true picture of the health of your business. If you had to hypothetically sell the business, it is the balance sheet that will dictate the true value of your business. So yes, while focusing on the profit and loss is important, showing your executive team to be on top of their balance sheet is equally important, something the hospitality industry is notorious for not teaching the executive teams how to read a balance sheet. Making wellness an integral part of your asset ecosystem in the right way, of course, is the secret to increasing the overall value of your business, to truly transforming your hotel and future-proofing it, and not merely getting the most amount of profits overall and in the least amount of time because your bonus is pegged on GOP, gross operating profit, or retention rates. So you can do wellness successfully and profitably. And you do not need grand facilities, a bling-bling offering, or a huge capital outlay. I have mentioned this in previous episodes and also in my book, The Wellness Asset. For those of you who are interested in learning more about how you can use wellness to transform your hotel, you must grab a copy of my book available on Amazon and Book Depository. All the information out there about wellness makes you think that you need grand facilities, a truly innovative offering, or an important capital outlay to do wellness properly. That's not the case. In my experience, it's not true. In my 20 plus years in this industry, I have seen hoteliers with very grand concepts fail, while very simple ones done on shoestring budgets enjoy tremendous success. 
And the reason some hoteliers had success with wellness while the others did not was that the successful hoteliers knew the secret to creating a profitable wellness asset. The successful hoteliers did wellness according to the fifth way I talked about, by making wellness an integral part of the asset ecosystem. So there you have them, the five ways you could do wellness at your hotel, the pros and cons of each, and which is the most profitable and sustainable way of doing wellness at your particular property. I wish you all a gorgeous day. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. If you want to know whether your hotel is ready to meet the growing demand for wellness experiences, both for your guests and your employees, then my Essence Scorecard is the perfect tool for you. Head over to spa-balance.com forward slash Essence Scorecard and get yourself a free and accurate temperature reading of your hotel's readiness to meet the wellness needs of your people and your guests. It's a valuable self-audit that not only helps you create a profitable wellness asset, but also promote a culture of genuine wellness for your team.